Good morning, church. If you would, please open your Bibles to me, the book of Luke this morning, Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, as we begin week three of a series that we're simply calling Prayer Changes Everything. Good morning and welcome to those online as well. Just so excited that you're here and so really ready to kind of begin to, to preach on what it means to ask God, give us each day our daily bread. There is a, a movement of words right now that is sweeping the nation. Online, on social media, even within circles of our church, it's a game called Wordle. Now, it, it originated in the United Kingdom, and it's a game that gives you six chances to get a five-letter word right. And what Wordle does is that it uses this three-color format, green and black, and yellow to help you kind of begin to form these words, and each color means something. So for instance, if you guess this word and you see a green box, that means that not only the letter is correct, but the position of the word, that letter, it's, it's great. Now, you may get a yellow box when you guess this word, and that's just simply telling you that the letter is in the word, yet you have the letter in the wrong order. Now, if you get a black box, it just means that, man, you're, there's no hope. You're good luck, you're terrible, go do something else, eat some tacos or something, all right? But it's this game that is sweeping the nation, taking over on how we begin to form words. And I can't help but think when we look at our prayer requests towards God, that if we're not careful that we'll use the same filter. So for instance, we'll have a faith filter. And so instead of asking God by faith, well, so we don't, can, can God really do this? I mean, what's the point of me asking if God can't really do this thing? And, and so we won't ask. Or for some of us, it's a benevolent filter. Does God really even care? I mean, he's orchestrating all of the universities. He's, he's taking care of all of these other things. I mean, does it really matter, this little small thing? And that is why we need to remind ourselves of the heart of this prayer. That Jesus in the disciples' prayer in Luke 11, 1 through 13, is detailing to us a model and a pattern for how we are to approach God in Prayer, now prayer without question has a significance, even in our culture. In fact, I read an article this week that says 55% of all Americans claim to pray at least five minutes a day. But it's clear from this prayer that prayer was everything to Jesus, that Jesus lived and taught prayer as a lifestyle. In fact, did you realize that the Gospels record Jesus praying 19 separate times? Furthermore, there are over 650 prayers recorded in the Bible, yet all we need to know about prayer is right here in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. God does care, and God will care for his own. And that is why Jesus is showing us how we are to approach God and request of him our daily needs by promising us that he's faithful to meet those needs. I mean, immediately after we worshipfully hallow God's name, ask him to do whatever it takes to advance his kingdom in and through us, Jesus says we are then to ask God to meet our needs. He starts his prayers with God's glory, then works his way to show us how we are to ask God for our practical and personal needs to be met. Prayer is to be centered on who God is what he has done, asking him to make his will set apart in us as we follow him for his glory as he meets our needs. 
God must be first in your life for everything else to fall in place for your life. And that is why, as we now study Luke chapter 11, verse 3, we are to celebrate the humbling truth that we are to ask God to give us each day our daily bread, knowing that He will meet our need. And what I want to do is I'm going to give you four ways to pray God give us each day our daily bread. And I pray that we will never pray the same again after this day. With that in mind, why don't we give our hearts to Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4 this morning, specifically Luke chapter 11, verse 3. And your Bible says this. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone who's indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Jesus in verse 3 transitions from the majesty of God to the necessities of man. Jesus gives us here this first petition of the prayer that deals with our needs. He says, give us each day our daily bread. Amazingly, in the original languages, keep on giving us the food we need today and the upcoming day. The focus of this petition is upward toward God and forward in our reliance of his provision for our existence each and every day. God is not this celestial vending machine, but he is a loving and gracious and providing father who knows that we cannot hallow his name, who knows we cannot bring glory to him, that we cannot advance his kingdom, set apart his will in our lives if we're not alive. And so he wants us to come to him and ask him for the provision that we need to fulfill the mission that he has given us. Can I tell you this isn't a new thought? In fact, God's people in the Old Testament depended upon God one day at a time to feed them daily. People in Jesus' day would often receive their pay daily. They had to depend upon God for their survival each and every day. Therefore, we must humbly and daily keep on looking to God constantly to meet our needs. As Jesus is speaking here of a posture of continual dependence upon the Lord. God always cares about the simple day-to-day -day needs of our lives. God cares that we have food to eat. God cares that you have a place to sleep. God cares that you have clothes to wear. God takes care of his own. In his disciples' prayer, we are reminded that God is sovereign, that God is sacred, that God is supporter, and that God, amazingly, is our supplier. Prayer, then, is a daily, confident expression of our complete dependence upon God to meet all of our needs. Give us each day our daily bread. I can't help but think what the disciples were thinking when Jesus taught them to pray this way. 
I think they instantly would have been reminded of how God had miraculously cared for them while they followed Jesus these past two years. How even throughout the Old Testament that their founding fathers and forefathers had God had graciously provided and cared for them. In fact, it's a fascinating study to look through the Old Testament and the Gospels and to see how God specifically provided daily for His people. In fact, did you realize that in Genesis 1.29 that God gave our first parents, Adam and Eve, dominion over the garden? And He tells them consequently in Genesis 1.29 to eat the plants of every tree in the garden. It was their disposal. Now, there was no meat there, so humbly I'm grateful to God that I'm alive now. I would have struggled mightily back then, right? But everything they needed to survive and thrive was provided for them in the garden. It's the same God that even after the flood reminds us that in Genesis 8, verse 22, that God is the one who brings the rain, that God is the one who sustains the seasons, that God is the one who supports the ecosystems that feed the animals that we eat. God is the orchestrator in care of all of those things because God graciously provides for his people. And that is why God tells Noah and his family in Genesis 9 verse 3 that they can eat of every moving thing on the earth, oxen and sheep and goats and cows and lambs. Even in tumultuous times, times of bondage, God graciously cared for his people. In fact, after the Exodus, uh, several centuries of bondage and God's people are wandering through the wilderness and God comes to them in Exodus 16 and tells them, I, the Lord God, will provide for you day by day. And he gave them manna. And the literal translation of manna in the Hebrew is, what is this? I mean, have you ever been at a dinner table and said, what is this? And yet God graciously cared for his people. People who were once in bondage were now by God free and heading to a land of promise. A land that the spies declared in Numbers 13 verse 26 and reporting back to God's people that it is a land that is full of fruitfulness. One who was promised to us a land flowing of milk and honey. In fact, did you realize that elsewhere in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 14 verse 5 that there were seven different kinds of game animals that God's people could hunt and eat in the promised land, pheasant, quail, chickens, hens, everything. That God would provide for his people wheat and barley and grain, dates and raisins and fruits of all kinds. Why? Because God provides for his people people. He meets their needs. In fact, the Bible even says in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 that God not only provides the food, but he'll provide the means to purchase the food. Jesus is God in the New Testament. He didn't minimize this truth. He maximized it. In fact, some of the most profound miracles of the 35 listed in the Gospels are Jesus miraculously providing food. Remember the wedding of Canaan in John chapter 2 where Jesus turns this water into the greatest wine you've ever tasted. Baptists, we call it Hawaiian punch, right? The disciples would have known that even in Luke chapter 11 that just recently Christ in Matthew chapter 15 verses 32 and 39 miraculously fed 4,000 people at one time. 
He would do it again shortly thereafter. In fact, in John chapter 6, the Bible says that Jesus fed 5,000 people at one time, took this little boy's lunch and multiplied it. That had such a magnanimous impact upon the disciples and gospel writers that of the 35 miracles listed in the gospels, the only miracle listed in all four gospels is the feeding of the 5,000. God promises to provide for the needs of his people. In fact, James, the half-brother of Jesus, says it best when he says in James 1.17, every good gift, every single perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. We have a God who cares and will care for his own. In fact, I remind our kids this all the time. I said, God has provided us this wonderful place and this wonderful church and this wonderful home and this great kitchen that your mom can cook anything that we like. God is good. He will provide graciously for his own. It is this understanding in these disciples' minds that Jesus used to fuel their hearts when they say, give us each day our daily bread. Have you ever wondered how amazing it is that God gives us each and every day? I mean, the, the term here day speaks here of, of a literal 24-hour day. Jesus' petition here speaks of, are you ready for this? A proactiveness to receive what God has prepared for you Today, it speaks of a readiness to see with a humble gladness of the God-ordained, God-supplied portion that he has for each of us this day. That there is to be an expectancy that when we open our eyes, that we are to move our hearts to the Lord. And then we are to ask him with this expectancy, give us this day. Our daily bread. In fact, something fascinating. We are currently right now on the earth rotating on an axis at 1,038 miles per hour over a 365-ish journey around the sun, which is in totality 584 million miles. Yet God so seamlessly oversees this rotation so beautifully orchestrates and synergizes that you and I barely even notice. We never even think of it. How about on the inside? Did you realize that the average heartbeat beats 60 to 100 times per minute? Which means then that approximately your heart beats 86,400 times a day. 604,800 times a week. Yet you and I do nothing to make it keep beating. In fact, most of the time we hinder it or impede it, right? And yet God just faithfully and meticulously keeps it going over and over and over again. So let me ask you this question. If God can manage the complexity of the earth's rotation every day and the monotony of your heartbeat... Can he not handle the craziest moments of your day? I mean, wouldn't it make the most sense then to entrust to him each and every day? You see, you, you want to know why 
Jesus is so adamant about this point to his disciples. He is keeping them from their greatest foe themselves. Prayer is a God-given gift to keep us from thinking that we can have what we have on our own. Life's a great teacher, is it not? It'll remind you really, really quickly, you need God in all facets of life. And so in this model prayer, we are to come to God as high and supreme, not just as a loving king or master, but as a father who graciously provides to do what he promises to do, meet every one of our needs. Therefore, we are to wake up with every single day with this expectation that God is proactively going to work out his promises in our lives for his glory. And so it is with this expectancy that we say, give us this day. Whatever it is, Lord, that you've approved and ordained, give it to us. As we align our lives not to build our kingdoms, but to build your kingdom for your glory. And God promises to provide the needs to fulfill his will. Remember what David said in Psalm 37, verse 25? For I have been young, and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. The David now, looking back upon his life, says, you know, I was young once. I thought I knew it all. I thought I had it all. Ever been there? And then life came. And now I'm old. And I found that there has never been a moment where the righteous were ever forsaken. There's never a need from even the littlest child that God the Father has never met. Can I tell you, O oh people of God, that we have the same testimony? That we have a good and loving Father who has graciously provided for us and cared for us and there's just some things in life that you'll never get over. But there's not anything in life that you'll never get through because he's able and he's faithful and he loves you and he'll care for you because he cares and provides for his own. In fact, you remember what Jesus says in Matthew 6, verses 25 and following? When he says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Why did Jesus command this? Because we will be. We will be unduly concerned, overwhelmed, overbeared by whatever it is, this burden. Don't be, Jesus says, for what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or nor about your body or what you'll even put on. Why? Because it's, it's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Don't look inward. Look upward. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap or, or gather in the barns. They have no five-year plan, no three-year plan. They have no modus operandi. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Listen to this. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? Worry and anxiety have never given a thing. They only take. 
But, Jesus says in verse 30, if God so clothes the grass on the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Paul says it like this in Philippians 4, one of the greatest chapters in the entire Bible. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. It is this truth that Jesus says we are to petition God as Father. Give us each day that we are to petition Him as Christ followers to meet every basic fundamental need in our lives in order that we can survive and thrive in this life for His glory. God knows it all. God has it all. And he wants you to come to him with it all. And he wants you to ask of him with no other ulterior motives than just simply hearing your genuine heart and fervent request to depend upon him to meet his promises in your life. Do you know of any other father that does this? I mean, we got a lot of good dads in this room. We don't do this. We have ulterior motives for almost everything. I know I do. And in fact, right now, the Lord's blessed us with five children. And, and so, you know, it's fun just kind of preparing them for life. And, you know, so many joys and, you know, some hardships and taxes. They're coming. And so what we do in our house, we have the dad tax. All right? And so we went to Chick-fil-A yesterday. And, man, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, we're thanking the Lord for this food. And, you know, I'm handing out chicken and waffle fries and sauces and all these other things. And, ooh, I see this waffle fry about the size of my hand. Dad tax. Oh, you know, I see this little great piece of chicken. Ooh, dad tax. You know, Brent will make something great with, you know, bacon and cheese or something. Dad tax. And so my kids now are so ready for this, they kind of hover over their food like this, right? <laughs> is that how God is to us? I mean, if you ask something of him, does, does he put a dad tax on it? No, he doesn't. You see, God wants us to ask of him, not to take from your faith, but to grow your faith one prayer at a time. God uses his provision for you today to feed and fuel your faith for him tomorrow. It is this beautiful truth that we come to God our Father and say, give us each day. But can I tell you, it gets even better. Lord, give us each day our daily bread. Do you know what two amazing truths this means? One, God loves carbs. What a savior, right? Number two, that everything you put in your mouth came from God. Bread here is everything necessary for the preservation of life. Lord, give us this food. Lord, give us this healthy bodies. Give us this great weather. I mean, we do live in Oklahoma, right? Lord, bless this house. Lord, be with my spouse. Lord, protect and grow your faith in my children. God, keep our government from, well, you know, God, give us the peace of Christ in our land. 
Give us this day our daily bread. And by the way, if you think this is just some spontaneous request or petition of the Lord, think again. As this request, give us this day our daily bread, appears over 200 times in the Bible. God knows you specifically and cares for you intimately. And he wants to hear from you. He wants you to tell him, give us this day our daily bread. Because Father, you're the only one that can meet our daily needs. And so from this truth, what I want to do as we close our time together is I want to give you four ways to pray, God, give us this day our daily bread. Four ways. And I pray you never see prayer the same again. When we say give us each day our daily bread, we're to pray in this way. Why? Number one, because it affirms God is the source of all provision. It is an affirmation that we cannot survive unless the Lord God provides. So God, give us life. Give us breath, give us possessions, give us abilities, give us opportunities to daily steward. Father, we confess we are stewards of all things, owners of nothing. And we affirm we need you as the source of all life and vibrancy. Give us these things as we glorify you. Secondly, it then conditions your heart to the light in the giver, not the gift. Can I tell you this is one of the most important? I mean, if we're not careful, our prayers will just get simpler and simpler and more mundane and more mundane because simply we're doing things that we alone can do without God. May we never live in such a way. May we always have Him as our priority. May we always have Him as the source of all of our well-being. And may we come to him by conditioning our heart to delight solely in him. The gift is not the blessing. God himself is. And as a result of the blessing that he is to us, he can't help but multiply his blessings in and through us. And so he gives us gracious gifts to glorify his name, to set him apart and to advance his kingdom. God, you are the source. And we are so grateful for this continual provision because, Father, all of life is a gift. And we confess, Lord, that we sin against the giver way too much. We give ourselves way too much credit. And in doing so, we not only forget God's mercies, we neglect or abuse them. Give us each day our daily bread. And in doing so, condition our hearts to delight in the giver, not the gift. Now, thirdly, focus. Focus then on spiritual needs. Knowing God will take care of your physical need as we work. Can I tell you this is one of the most important for 2022? Focus. So many distractions right now. That's what they are. They're distractions. There is nothing in your life that's not God-ordained or God-approved. He has it for you today. And he's able to work in and through you for his glory. Focus. 
focus on the spiritual need. And allow God to take care of your physical needs as we work. Can I tell you that's one of the priorities of prayer? Is allowing the power of God on our knees before God to sufficiently amplify the nourishment of God through His Word as we live our lives for Him. That must take precedence. The same way in which we attack our calendars, the same way in which we go through life and enjoy sports and recreation and and great food and all of these other things, we're to have that passion and pursuit with the Lord first as we work. Prayer is never a way out of responsibility. We are to work and to work hard as for the Lord while He graciously provides. May we focus on spiritual needs as we ask God to give us each day our daily bread. Finally, depend then upon God one day at a time. You know what's fascinating throughout the entire Bible? How you see time and time again, God graciously and generously providing for his people. He cares and he cares for his own. Are you ready for this? Often, one day at a time. Now, can I remind you that's no small feat? As the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 2, that God made the entire universe one day at a time. God can get a lot done in one day. And in like manner, Jesus wants us to come to God, asking Him to meet our needs each and every day. One prayer at a time. Can I tell you that in this journey, it is then when prayer transforms from being frustrating to captivating and life-changing. And when you see God continue to fulfill His promises and to meet your needs and to honor your request as they're in alignment to His will for His kingdom and glory, can I tell you that it emboldens us to ask for such a request daily as we live for Him. And so which one of these requests is God asking of you today? God, give us each day our daily bread. Is it to affirm Him as the source? Is it to condition your heart to delight in Him? Is it to focus on a spiritual need, not a physical need? Is it to depend upon Him? As we continually ask God to give us each day our daily bread, may we come to Him knowing that if we really need it, then He will surely meet it. One day, one prayer at a time. May we continue to ask the Lord to do what He's promised to do in and through us. God, meet our need because prayer truly does change everything.